0: Everybody in Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, verse 18, uh, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. But notice the first part of that. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Amen. Now let's look over at Matthew, Matthew 26, Matthew 26. Matthew 26, and we're going to start in verse 36. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over and pray. And he took with them Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And, they, and he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O oh, Father... If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not I will, but as you will. And then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said, could you not watch with me for an hour? And verse 41. This is going to be a key verse for tonight. It says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Notice this. The spirit indeed is willing. That's going to be key tonight. The spirit indeed is willing. Underline that. But the flesh is weak. Notice that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now tonight, I'm going to be talking about prayer. I'm going to be talking about prayer tonight, and uh, you know, Dad's been talking about this recently, especially since he's got back from uh, his meeting with Doctor. Friend and Pastor Nancy, just being stirred up about praying, being stirred up about praying for the church and him himself personally and the ministry. And so we're going to emphasize prayer tonight, because that's not just something that dad needs to preach about, but we all need to be involved in prayer. And how many know you can never hear enough messages on prayer? There's some things that you can never get enough messages on. And one of those things is prayer. You could could talk about prayer the rest of your life, every day of your life, and there's going to be new scriptures and new revelations you're going to get for the rest of your life, because prayer is that key to your life. And so... If you're taking notes tonight, the title of the message is Essential Prayer. Essential Prayer. Everybody say Essential Prayer. Essential Prayer. So as we, as we go tonight, you know, prayer is one of those things, like like I said earlier here, that it, it never gets old, it never gets stale. It's an essential part of your life as a believer. And you need to realize this, that it's so essential to your life, if you want to be a strong believer, if you want to be a a solid believer, there's two things in your life that you need to emphasize, and the Word of God emphasizes, and the two things are the Word of God and your prayer life. Okay, people try to change the wheel and try to figure out new ways of doing things, but there's some things that never change. And if you want to be a strong, healthy, vibrant healthy, uh, just amazing, fired-up believer, you're going to have to be a strong person in prayer and you're going to have to be a strong person in the Word. There is no, there's no substitute for that. And it's an essential part of your life as a believer. The, the, the believers that do not pray are weak believers. If you're not in contact and fellowship with God, you're going to become a weak believer. The same thing if you don't read your Bible. It's going to happen. You are going to be a weak believer believer because you need the word of God in prayer. And it has to be an essential part of your life. Now, we're going to talk about this later. But in Acts 6, the two main things that the early church, the early disciples and apostles of Jesus said that they will devote themselves. Guess what? To The ministry of the word and a prayer because it's vital. It's essential. It's it's one of the most important things you can learn about is prayer. So that's why we're talking about it tonight. You know, just like you need food and water for you to be a strong uh, person, for your body to be strong, for your spirit man to be strong. There's two things you need also, and that's the word of God and prayer. Just like you need food and water for your natural body, for your spirit, man, you need the word of God and prayer. That's what g- gives you strength. That's what gives you power is your prayer life and your word time. And without it, there is no substitute. And so the, the sooner we, we catch a hold of this, the sooner we can move forward and be stronger believers. I don't know about you, but I want to be a strong believer. I don't want to be a weak believer. I don't want to be a mediocre believer. I don't want to be a halfway, half-hearted, uh, powerless believer. And there's a, there's tons of those. That's why the world hasn't changed by now, because there's plenty of mediocre, average, lukewarm believers around. Why? Because they don't fill up on the Word of God, and they don't spend time in prayer with God. So Matthew 26, we're going to read this. We're going to read this. And uh, the verse I really want you to get is in verse 41, and it's Jesus speaking. And if you know anything about this passage, is this is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he would be captured and he would go to the cross. We talked about the cross last week. And so this is a, a stressful time for him. This is a rough time. He's, uh, he was bleeding blood earlier here or sweating blood because he was so stressed out. He was so full of sorrow because he knew what was coming. The cross was coming. Him taking sin on himself was coming. And so he asked his disciples to pray with him. Of course, his disciples, like most of us, uh, they, their flesh is weak and they, they couldn't take it. And he said, could you not watch with me for one hour? Or you, could you not pray with me for one hour? You guys fell asleep an hour into the prayer meeting. And so this is what he, what he tells his disciples in verse 41. He says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Notice he gives us, this is a key to your prayer life. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, when we read the Gospel, sometimes we overcomplicate what Jesus is saying. We try to overdo it, but the gospel 's simple. The Word of God can be simple, and the people that try to make it complicated where you can 't understand it are religious people, and you can never get anything out of that but people that really understand the bible it 's simple don 't over overcomplicate this realize When Jesus said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is what he's saying. With your prayer life and my prayer life, your spirit on the inside of you, if you've been born again, wants to pray at all times. Are you hearing me tonight? Your spirit on the inside of you, if it's been reborn. Now, if it's not been reborn, you probably won't want to pray. But if your spirit has been reborn and you have accepted Jesus, your spirit on the inside to you is always willing and wants to pray. Now, the the problem is, is our flesh doesn't want to pray. And that's why a lot of us don't pray, because we don't feel like praying we feel tired, we feel weak, we feel angry. But that's your flesh. Don't confuse that with your spirit man. Because your spirit man always wants to pray. Your spirit man always wants to get in the Word. But you got to deal with your flesh because your flesh is weak. He gives us a key. Your flesh is weak. So remember that. Now when we see this... This is an amazing thing. When, when Jesus was praying, you know, Jesus would go. He'd pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. He'd pray He'd pray on the mountaintop. They'd, they'd watch Jesus. He'd go off to a secluded place and pray. His disciples always would watch Jesus pray. And they noticed something special about Jesus, that Jesus prayed different than anybody else they've ever heard before. Because they knew up to that point, the only people that they heard pray were Pharisees, Sadducees, And their prayers were kind of weak. Their prayers were kind of lame. Their prayers were kind of, they didn't seem genuine at all. But then they saw Jesus, and Jesus actually meant what he was saying. And he actually acted like he was actually talking to somebody. And he just didn't call uh, God uh, Yahweh. He didn't just call God Jehovah. He called God his daddy. That is completely different to anything any disciple had ever heard before. And they were wondering, how does this guy call God his daddy? When, when all the rest of these Pharisees said, it would be a cold prayer. It would be a prayer that, that seemed lame and it didn't mean anything. But they watched Jesus and something was different about him. Because he had this connection with God that they had been wanting for centuries and centuries. And they'd been longing for, I knew this was available, but I haven't seen anybody do it. And Jesus modeled this for them. But you know what? Jesus is not the only one who has this ability to pray. He has he has made it available for all of us in here. Because guess what? He put his spirit within us so we could pray like that. And we read in the New Testament, he says, Not that, that I can call my dad father, but he says, You can cry out, Abba, Father, or Daddy God. Because guess what? You are born again. You are now in the family of God, just like I am in the family of God. You are in the family of God now with me. So you can pray like Jesus prayed. But the simplest definition, we try to overcomplicate prayer, but prayer is just talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. You know, there's different types of prayer mentioned in the Bible, intercession, fellowship, supplication, all these different things. And we could we could get into that, and there's, there's some deep stuff all in those realms. But the simplest definition that you need to know tonight, because this is talking about essential prayer, is Prayer is just talking to God. Prayer is just, it's like talking to your best friend. Some, some of us overcomplicate it and think that we have to say these and thou's and father, it will be thy will. You don't talk like that to your friend. So why do you talk like that to God? You need to talk to him like you talk to your best friend. Because uh, he knows if you're real or not. He knows what you're thinking ahead of time before you even think the next thought. He knows what you're going to say. So let's just be real with God. That's, that's one of the first keys to having a real authentic prayer life because that's what I'm teaching this so all of us can have a real authentic prayer life, not just a fake one because fake ones only last so long and then, and then they you get discouraged and you don't pray another day in your life. But we need to be a people of real prayer. So realize this, the spirit indeed is willing but your flesh is weak. Your spirit really wants to pray at all times. That's why a lot of us feel like That we're faking it if we don't feel like it. You're not faking it. You're faith in it. Because your spirit on the inside always wants to pray. It's just waiting on you to submit to your spirit, man, instead of your flesh. And I tell you, every time you decide, I'm going to use my will, because you have your own will. God is not going to force you to pray. You have your own will. Every time you decide to give up your will and say, I'm going to go with my spirit instead of my flesh, it will always... It would always work out for you. It will always, you know, you might not have those feelings when you first start praying, but I, I guarantee you by the end of your prayer time, you will be thankful that you did it. And so we can't get this confused that it just if I don't have the feelings, I'm not going to pray. Because guess what? The devil will give you the negative feelings every day of your life. You'll never pray. But you got to di- understand the difference. That's your flesh. That's not your spirit. Are you with me tonight? Let's turn over to James 5. James 5. James 5, and uh, we're going to start in verse 16 here. James 5 and verse 16. James 5 and verse 16. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And notice this is the key key tonight. The effective Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Notice that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And the Amplified, which is closest to the Greek, it says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Every time you pray, I don't care what you feel, I don't care what you think you heard, every time you pray in faith, there is tremendous power available. See, a lot of us feel feel like and think that if I have the feelings, that means tremendous power available. No. If you're in faith, doesn't matter what kind of feelings you have. There is tremendous power available. There is something that's working even if you don't feel it. Even if you don't feel it, it's still working. But the key is if you do it in faith. Feelings or no feelings as, aside. And you know... I love good feelings. I love crying in prayer. I love feeling God's presence. But if you don't have it, it doesn't mean your prayer is not working. It doesn't mean there's power not being being worked and there's not power available. There's things working behind the scenes. And the devil will get us discouraged by ha- letting us have negative feelings where we will just shut our mouths and feel like it's not working. But it's working. It's working. There's tremendous power available. Every time we pray to God, this is the key, In faith. In faith. God is working on our behalf, whether we feel it or not, whether we feel it or not. So there's tremendous power available when we pray. Tremendous power, not just power, but tremendous power is available. I love this. This is John Wesley quote. He says, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Are you hearing me? God does nothing in response, in, in, in response to believe in prayer. See, because there's a lot of Christians that leave their whole life up to chance. They, they, they use the excuse of the sovereignty of God as in everything that just happens in my life is God's will. That is not true. There's people that live and die and do nothing with their life and end up going to hell. That is not God's will for their life. No, God only does does something on behalf of believing prayer. And that's the way God set it up, because his plan from the beginning was to use men and women on this planet to be his sons and daughters and to make tremendous power available. That was his plan from the beginning. That he would use his people. To make things happen on this earth. So notice, God does nothing except in response to believe in prayer. See, a lot of us just think good thoughts and think in our life is going to turn out like it should. If we're not praying, guess what? Nothing's happening. A lot of us leave stuff just up to chance. And guess what's going to happen? The devil's going to happen in your life. And we can't expect things to happen if we're not asking God in faith for things. We can't, we can't expect uh, this church to be filled if we're going to keep our mouth shut and not believe anything. We can expect our, our, our marriage uh, eventually when we get married and find the right person to work out if we haven't been praying for it. Notice this, Ian Bounds said, which he was a mighty man of prayer, he said, we can do nothing significant in this life without prayer. You can do nothing significant in this life without that prayer. So a person that doesn't pray never does anything worthwhile on this planet. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. At the end of time, their whole life is all going to be for nothing. It's going to be vain. It's a sober reality, but that's the truth. There's nothing significant or life-changing done on this earth without somebody praying. And you know, there's some people... That, that I've heard stories of that, you know what, nobody even barely even knows their name and they prayed for things to happen on this planet and guess what, they affected people more than some people that you know tonight, superstars, movie stars, uh, you name it, there is little old ladies in towns that prayed over cities and countries their whole lives and they did something significant with their life. And nobody even knows their name, but God knows their name. And they're rewarded in heaven for it. In their life, even in the natural, they could say, you know, that old lady didn't do nothing with her life. But she actually lived the most significant life you could live. And that's a praying life. And see, we see some su- superstars and movie stars and athletes and think like they're living a significant life. If they're not a praying person, their life is all for, all for nothing. It's not significant. There's only only significant, if you want to be, now I'm talking to people that actually want to do something worthwhile in their life, not just be your average mediocre person, because there's a million uh, of those people around. There, uh, there's millions tonight that are not doing anything significant with their life. But I'm talking about somebody who actually wants to do something significant and change people's lives. And at the end of time, God says, well done, good and faithful servant. He doesn't just say, well, you didn't do anything. Hello but you actually affected people's lives. That's what kind of life I want to live. And it's never too young to do that. That's the trick that the devil can make you think. When I get old, older and I get married and I settle down, then I'm going to start being a praying person. Then I'm going to do something, something significant for God. But this is my teenage years. This is my college years. And I'm living for myself. Listen, you living for yourself, it's, it's going to f- find out very soon. A couple years from now, you're going to look back and say, why did I waste those precious years that I could have been affecting people's lives? You got a jumpstart on a lot of your parents. I don't know if you realize that you got a jumpstart on a lot of people. How much more can we do for God than the generations past when we start, when we're in our teenage years, in our early 20s and 30s and do something for God and change this world? But nothing will happen if we're not praying. You know, us just getting excited on Thursday nights and on Sundays and Tuesdays and nobody praying, that's not going to be that significant. Prayer has to go before the move of God. Prayer has to go before uh, the next direction that we go in. Prayer has to go before all that. For us to be effective and for us to be significant, prayer has to be a vital part of that. Not just cool lights and a good sermon and good music. Prayer has to be a part of that because nothing will happen significant. Ephesians 6, 18, it says praying always with all kinds of prayer, praying always with all kinds of prayer. Notice that the apostle Paul says praying always with all kinds of prayer. What's he talking about here? Here's another vital part of your prayer life because we're talking about essential prayer that you need to be praying always. If you want to be a good prayer, you need to be praying all the time. And he's not talking about you just pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because you cannot do that. He's talking about you having an ongoing communion with God every day of your life. And you know, some of us get, get confused and feel like, you know, if we just pray like one hour on one day a week and just leave God out of the rest of our life, the other six, that we're doing stuff. That, guess what? God would rather you pray 15 minutes a day than you pray in two hours one day a week when you feel like it. Just after you got out of church and you feel the Holy Ghost on you. So you pray two hours. He'd rather you have an ongoing communion with him. And this is what he's talking about here in Ephesians. He said praying always. Praying all the time. Praying about everything. That's what builds a healthy prayer life. Because why? It's actual relationship. It's an actual real relationship. Notice if, if I just spoke to Lauren two hours on Saturday and didn't talk to her the rest of the week. That relationship would not be that good. But you know what what makes a relationship healthy is people that talk and communicate every day of their lives. We don't go a day without talking to each other. And that builds a healthy relationship. People that don't talk to each other on an ongoing basis, they don't have a good relationship. So why do we think if we just pray one day a week that we have a good relationship with God? If we want a powerful prayer life, we need to be praying all the time. Praying always. Notice it's not all about how long you can pray, but it's about you just praying all the time. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be a lot of words, but it matters that you have an ongoing communion with God. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, it talks about Enoch, and Enoch walked with God. There wasn't a lot of things written about Enoch, but Enoch got, walked with God daily. He walked with God daily. Now, daily is a key to your prayer life. Daily is a key to your prayer life. You notice when Jesus gave the motto of prayer, he said, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give us this day our daily bread. So guess what? You should be praying daily. Daily. Hello, somebody. Why? Because it's ongoing communion. It's an ongoing conversation between you and God. You know, Smith Wigglesworth uh, talked about this because he was a man of prayer. He prayed all the time, you know, but he, he said he never really prayed for, for long times, but he said, um, let me, let me get this quote right. We, we've quoted it a million times. We've quoted it 15 minutes, 30 minutes. But he said, I never pray more than 15 minutes, but I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. And that was key to his life. It wasn't about, I just pray long times on a couple days a week. He's talking about, I just have an ongoing communication with God at all times. That's key to your life. Because I know a lot of us in here, some of you got school, work. A lot of things going on. You don't have like three hour chunks of time to just do whatever, but the but we do have uh, fifteen minutes here when we go to our job. We we do have ten minutes here after we get off work. We do have five minutes here after a class. That's when you can pray, because it's an ongoing communion with you and God. Don't pray because you're condemned. Pray because you're in love. Please do not pray because you're condemned or you're fearful that God is going to smite you if you don't talk to him that day. Pray because you're in love with that person. The reason I talk to Lauren every day is not because I'm afraid she'll get mad at me. I mean, she will. But <laughs> I I talk to her every day because I love her. Hello, somebody. And you should you should talk to God every day, not because you're condemned, not because you fear you fear for your life that day. If you don't pray to him, but because you love God and you actually want to talk to him. And how many of you know, when you talk to God, God knows whether your heart is in it or not. He knows what's going on on the inside of you. He knows if you're just faking it. So why don't we just be real and honest with God. You know, you can even come to God and say, guess what, God? I'm tired. I don't feel too good right now, but I love you. So I'm going to talk to you for a little bit. Just be real about it. So don't pray because you're condemned. Pray because you're in love. Why? Because he's a real person. He's not a, a machine. He's not a computer. He's a real person. And, you know, the thing is, uh, there's lots of different prayers in the Bible, and I'm all for praying those prayers. But some of us, you can get in the habit of just praying the Lord's Prayer or the uh, some of the Pauline prayers he prayed in Ephesians and Philippians. And we just pray those prayers, and you can turn that into uh, a formula and not a real relationship. You say, well, you know, I'm I'm praying Paul's prayers and I'm praying the prayers in Psalms and I'm praying the Lord's prayer. But guess what? He wants to hear your own words. What's actually going on in your life? It's amazing. They gave us this for an example uh, for us to pray those prayers. But he wants to hear what you really have to say. Not just repeat what Paul said. Not just repeat what David said. But what do you want to say to me today? Hello, somebody. And so we need to. Be praying at all times. We need to keep it fresh. You know, if, you, if your prayer life is stagnant, maybe you need to change your scenery. Maybe you need to change uh, the way you're praying. Maybe you need to, uh, there, there's several things you can do. You know, so I don't always pray at the same spot. Sometimes I go take a walk. Sometimes I take a drive. Sometimes I'm in an office. Change it up. Keep it fresh because this is a real relationship. He's not a vending machine. He's a real person. You know, when me and Lauren go out on dates, we don't rehearse the same thing we talked about last week. Why? Because this is not a movie. She's a real person. Hello, somebody. Here's another thing. You need to pray about everything. Not only praying all the time, but you need to pray about everything. You need to pray about everything. There is nothing insignificant to God. You need to realize that there's nothing insignificant in your life that God does not not care about. He cares about everything. He cares about if you got a bad haircut that day. He cares about if somebody made fun of you that day. He cares about this upcoming final you got to take. He cares about every part of your life. And sometimes preachers can make God sound so distant, so far away. You're like... I know God's got better things to take care of. He's got children in Africa to help. He's got people in China to help. He doesn't care about my final coming up in three hours. Yes, he does care about that because he's God. And he has enough power to take care of your final and the people in Africa. Hello, somebody. And so you need to pray all the time, but you need to pray about everything. There's nothing insignificant to God. And, and that's not unspiritual to talk to God about natural things. God cares. God cares about what you care about. God cares about, Hey, guess what, if you're going to play basketball, say, God, you know, I, I hope I have a good basketball game, and I hope I dunk over cone. You know, that's the prayers I pray, and God cares about that. You know, if if somebody really hurt your feelings that day, God cares about that. God cares about everything in your life. He cares about everything. Nothing is insignificant. You know, if we've learned that from anybody, we've learned that from David. David told God what he was thinking. See, a lot of us in here try to be so spiritual we don't actually tell God what we're thinking. God already knows what you're thinking ahead of time. So why don't you just go ahead and say it and stop being fake with Him? Like, God, I really am upset about something and I really wish this person that made fun of me today or cut me off in traffic, I really wish they would, uh, you know, die or something. You know, David said stuff like that. If you read your Bibles... In the Psalms, David would say, God, I'm having a horrible day. I feel like I'm in a pit. All the the bad people seem like they get all the girls, they get everything. I hope that you would kill them tomorrow. That's what David said. Because David actually told God what he was actually thinking. And God wasn't offended that David told him that. You know why? Because God would rather you tell him the truth than give him some proper prayer that you, you found in the word of God. Even if it's even if it's not the best confessions when you're talking to him, it's just between you and God. I didn't say he was going to answer that prayer to kill your friend. But I said, you need to tell him what's on your mind. You need to pray about everything. And, you know, of all people in the Bible that really told God what was on his heart was David. And and God said, David is somebody after my own heart. Why? Because he's real with me. He tells me the truth, whether it's good or not. David really tells you what's going on. And that's what kind of authentic relationship we need to have with God. Not a fake relationship. You need to tell him what's really on your heart. Let's look at Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Are you guys here tonight? I love you guys. Man, Matthew 6. I need to slow down here. You guys are getting me excited. I'm talking fast. Matthew 6. Thank you, Brother Haas. Brother Haas said it was good. Matthew six. Well, you know, if Haas is responding, it has to be pretty good. <laughs> Holy Ghost must have got a hold of him. Matthew six. I know tonight we're we're kind of hitting a smorgasbord of stuff about prayer, but this is that's the point. This is called essential prayer. These are just kind of keys, tips, things you need to know when you're going to uh, be involved in a prayer life. Notice Matthew 6, Jesus talking about prayer. This is in the Beatitudes. And um, Matthew 6 here, there's a Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said in verse 5, he says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Hello. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of streets that they may be seen by men. And surely I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask. Now, that's some comforting scriptures. The father already knows what you need before you ask. That doesn't mean you don't need to ask, but he knows ahead of time what you need before you ask. But you need to get in agreement with him for him to bring that to pass in your life. It doesn't it doesn't help that God just knows what you need. You need to have agreement that God's got to fulfill that in your life. To put your faith in Him. And that's when you receive what He has for you. But notice this. In verse 5 and verse 6 it says, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who, who are standing on the streets praying. But when you pray, go into a room. When you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Here's something about prayer you need to know. Is... The thing is, with, with the uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, the religious people of the day, they prided themselves in praying on street corners with their big old robes on, shouting to God and praying praying prayers from the Old Testament. And God didn't care. He wasn't listening to what they were saying because they weren't praying to him. They were praying to be seen by people. And this is what Jesus is saying. Don't just come to church and get up and pray in front of people and don't pray to me in private. Because if you're just praying at church, that means you're praying to be seen. You're not praying actually to me. And he gives us a key. When you pray, this is a helpful tip for when you pray. Go to a secret place. Go to a place by yourself because that's going to help you when you pray. Don't have a group of friends over when you're just trying to pray by yourself. Don't have your cell phone on loud right by your ear when you're trying to pray somebody. Don't have the TV on and your iPod blaring because that really doesn't work. That's not really effective. You know, if I was blaring my iPod and I was talking on the phone when Lauren was trying to talk to me, there wouldn't be much communication there. Why? Because I couldn't hear her. And we couldn't really have a conversation going there. And so God's, God's saying here, listen, when you pray, go to a secret place. It doesn't have to just be a room. A room would be helpful, and when you go there, shut the door so you're in private. You could, you could be uh, out taking a walk, wherever. Try to get in a private place, where it's just you and God. If you're going to talk just you and God, let's get in a secret place. And he says, the next verse, verse 7, And when you pray, do not use repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. This is another thing he talks about. He talks about people that are, that are heathens or they're, they're not uh, in the family of God. They think that they are, their prayers are heard bec- for the number of words they say. And the thing is tonight that there's people in countries in India, in China, all around the world. And those people pray more than we pray. There is monks in Nepal tonight that have been praying for 40 years straight. But it doesn't matter how many words they say. They're praying to a dead God. And Jesus is trying to make a point here. It doesn't matter how long you pray or how many words you use. If you're not praying to a God who exists, it doesn't matter. And secondly, if you're just thinking that the number of words you are praying will make your prayers be answered, you're wrong. The only thing that will make your prayers be answered is if you're in faith. So just because you talk to God an hour and a half... If it wasn't in faith, he's not answering. So the number of your words does not matter. So we some of us in here get in that thing. If if I don't pray 30 minutes, God's not going to answer my prayer. No, that's not true. If you're not in faith is the key. You could pray one minute in faith and get more done if you're praying an hour in unbelief. So notice the amount of prayer or the number of words you say doesn't make you more spiritual and doesn't make God answer you any quicker. Like I said, there's people, monks, all sorts of religious people around the world that have been praying for years. And they've said probably two million times more words than I've ever said to God. But that doesn't matter if they're they're speaking to a dead God. And it doesn't matter if if they're praying and they're not in faith. What matters is if they're praying to a God who exists and they're praying to a God in faith. And we see in verse 9 through 13 is the Lord's Prayer. Now, let's read that together in verse 9. It says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And we could go into that. Tonight, but we're not going to go into that t- tonight. But this is an example you could look back what Jesus prayed. Let's turn over to Acts 6. Acts 6. Acts 6. I know we're doing some teaching tonight, but it's going to be okay. It's good for you. Acts 6. Acts 6 and verse 4. Notice this, it says, but we will give ourselves continually, ongoingly. Like I said earlier, praying always, continually, to prayer and to the ministry of the word. But notice that, give yourself to it. We quoted this earlier, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So guess what, you're going to have to give yourself to the spirit and not the flesh. It's going to be have to be a conscious choice of your will to go with your spirit instead of your flesh we're not basing this on feelings it's going to have to be a choice of your will and your will does not have to do with emotions it has to has to do with a conscious decision that i'm going to go with my spirit instead of my flesh and i will give myself to it you know have you ever been in a service before and everybody's praying together and it feels like you could pray for hours on end and it's amazing feeling But then on Tuesday morning when you wake up, you don't feel like saying anything. You feel like, you know, just punching somebody because you didn't get enough sleep. Come on, Mike's been there. Well. (laughs) But that is the point here. Your flesh is weak. And you're not going to feel like it all the time. You got to make a decision with your spirit, man. And you know what, every time you make a decision to follow the Spirit, you're always going to be thankful you made that decision. You're never going to regret it, I promise you. And every time you decide to to cater to your flesh, you're always going to regret it. And so we need to realize this. We have to give ourselves to prayer. You have to give yourself to it. God's not going to force you into it. You're going to have to give yourself to it. We're going to have to be sensitive to God and respond to Him. Notice this, Martin Lloyd-Jones said, always respond to every impulse to pray. When you feel God poking you or prodding you or you feel God drawing you to himself to pray, always respond to that impulse. Whether you feel like it or not in your flesh, always respond because it will always bear fruit when you do that. When he's drawing you to him, when he's willing you to him, Always respond to that impulse quickly because you don't realize some of the things that could be happening behind the scenes. You know, Pastor Nancy talked about that um, several times. She had different family members on, on her heart, and uh, she didn't know. She was like, I hadn't thought about that person in a while, but she didn't do anything about it. She didn't pray about it. She just was like, oh, that's sweet. I haven't thought about them in a while. And then uh, several weeks later, she it ended up that those people had passed away. In an accident. And she realized that God was laying those people on her heart for a reason. And God was trying to get her and and have her respond to him. But she didn't respond to that impulse. Even though it didn't feel like large. And uh, you know God wasn't shouting from heaven with a megaphone saying you need to pray for this person. They just came up to her in her mind. So any little thing like that in your life you need to respond to that. You need to respond to that because that's going to make a huge difference. Whether you feel like it or not, God is moving on those people's behalf. If, if somebody just comes up to your mind, just pray for them real quick. It, will, it won't hurt. Because a lot of the times, God's trying to get you to pray for somebody who needs it right then. But some of us can just think, oh, that's sweet. I just love them. No, God's trying to have you respond to him so, so prayer can happen and things can be changed. So when... You think about somebody, pray for anybody, because a lot of the time, like I said, the Holy Spirit is trying to get something across to you. And he's wanting you to pray out something for that other person that could change their life. So always respond. Notice that always respond to every impulse to pray, whether it be large or small, any impulse, respond to it. You know, Samuel, uh, the story of Samuel when he was a young young boy, uh, he was in the temple, and God was speaking to him. And three times it happened that, that God said, Samuel. And, of course, we know the first couple times he went and he found the, the high priest, and he said, are you saying my name? He said, no, I'm not saying your name. Go back to sleep. And then the fir- third time we know, he went back, and uh, he heard his name the third time, and he said, Samuel. And finally, the high priest wisened up and said, I think somebody's trying to talk to you, and it's not me. God is trying to talk to you. And notice Samuel had to respond to God. He had to respond to those little things, and it wasn't a loud sound. It was just a, 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 just a calm little Samuel. But don't despise those little promptings, those little drawings, because they will always bear fruit in your life. Your know, prayer should be more than just a one-way conversation. That's a lot of our problem. We get done praying because we did it out of duty, not because we actually love God. And God's actually trying to talk to us, but we leave prayer too quick. And prayer is not just, I gotta tell God everything I need, and then I'm out of here for the day. No, prayer is actually a conversation between you and God. You gotta give God some time to respond back to you. God is is wanting to speak to everyone in you here a lot more than you're ready to hear him. He is speaking at all times. God is never silent. But the thing is, a lot of us don't take time to listen. We just pray. We just tell God what we want. We pray a couple scriptures and we leave our prayer closet. But God is wanting to respond to what you've been praying about. Never forget that. Prayer is not just a one-way conversation. God wants to speak back to you. You know, in the Word of God it says, my sheep hear my voice. If you're not hearing God's voice, you need to pray that scripture and take time to sit Hello, and be still and know that he is God and let him speak to you. Because a lot of us, especially young people, like like all of us in here, we always got to be doing something. And sometimes that's a bad thing. We always got to be going to somebody's house. We always got to be listening to something. We always got to be doing this and that. And we feel like if we're at home for more than five minutes, we're a lame person and we're just, you know, a nerd. But that's not true. Sometimes you just need to sit still for a second and be still and hear from God. I used to be like that. Sometimes I'm still like that. I'm always trying to talk to people. I'm always trying to be doing something. I don't like just sitting at home doing nothing. But sometimes you need to be still to hear from God. Now let's look back at at James 5. James 5, I'm almost done here. Did you guys get anything tonight? I know it's a little different than we usually do. James 5. Come on, Dunk. Come on, Dunkaroot. James 5. And I'm going to read this. uh, I think this is from the New Living. It's either the New Living or the message. I didn't have it written down here. It says, uh, The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful and to be reckoned with. Notice that. The prayer of a person living right with God is something. Notice it's powerful. And it's something to be reckoned with. You know, everybody around you might make you feel like you're weak, you're insignificant. But when you pray, you're powerful. I don't care how tall you are, how young, or how old, whatever. It doesn't matter when you pray, you are very powerful. And God doesn't see you as insignificant. He doesn't see you as small. Maybe your parents talk bad to you. Maybe your friends talk down to you. But God sees you as a powerful person. He sees you as somebody who can change things on this earth. And he's just waiting for us to pray and get in faith to change things on this planet. God's will will not be accomplished without prayer in your life. Are you hearing me tonight? Because I know a lot of people who are just winging it. They're just winging life. And they're just thinking just because they're saved, they're in God's will. Guess what? It was God's will for you to get saved. But beyond that, he has a plan for your life. And if you don't pray, you're not going to get into it. You're not going to know. He has a plan not just for your uh, marriage or your career. We need to realize this. He has a plan for our everyday life. See, uh, I'm on something now. He has a plan for our day-to-day life. Some of us just pray about big things, like about marriage, career. But we don't pray daily on what God wants us to do. And he has something for us to do every day. We just pray the big things, the big plans for our life, God's will. But what about God's will for your everyday life? Because he has a direction for your life to go every day. He has a plan for your life every day. But if we don't pray, we can miss out on it and do our own thing instead of what God is telling us to do today. We can miss people we were supposed to minister to that day because we're doing our thing and not God's thing. Every day. See, there's a lot of believers that just have that just mentality. We know whatever happens, happens. And, you know, I'm going to pray for who I'm going to get married to in my career, but everything else, I'm just kind of, I'm in God's will. That's not true. That's not true. You need to pray and seek God what you should do every day of your life, where you should go, who you should talk to, anything. Seek God about everything. I love this. Yeah, Ian Bounds, mighty man of prayer. He wrote like nine books on prayer. He was amazing. It says, prayer is the mightiest agent to advance God's work in your life. Prayer is the mightiest agent to advance God's work in your life. You know, uh, bishops talked about this before. And you you guys need to listen to what he says about this. And we'll probably have him uh, talk about it some sometime. But he's talked about one of the most significant things pastor ever taught him was to pray out his future. Each one of you in here can pray out your future. You can pray out your destiny. You can pray out God's plan for your life. And guess what? If you don't, it's going to be your own future and your own plan. And it's all up to you. But I'm going to choose to pray out God's plan for my life, God's purposes for my life. You know, it says when we pray in the spirit, we speak out mysteries. That word in the Greek means plans and purposes. We speak out plans and purposes that God has for us when we pray out our future like that. You know, Pastor Nancy talked about this when she was talking about prayer. She said, the more you pray about your future and pray in the spirit about it, speaking out plans, it's like uh, a railroad track. And the and the more you pray, the more tracks get laid. But guess what? If you don't pray, there's only so many tracks and then you stop right there. There's a lot of people that pray a little bit and their life stops right here. And guess what? The plan of God is way down there. But if they don't pray, they're not going to get there. And the more you pray about your future, about the plan of God for your life and praying the Spirit and the purposes of God. You lay out tracks ahead of you to get to the end destination you need to be. But if we don't pray it out, we're not going to get there. Don't assume you're going to get there. We have so many Christians that just assume and they put everything off on God and they live they live a life without anything that's in God's plan. Pray out your future. If you don't, your future's up to you. And that's not a comforting thought, that the future's just up to me. And really, the devil's probably going to have a lot of impact on that future. But pray out your future. The more you pray it out, the more you'll step into your destiny that God has for you. I love that. Prayer is the mightiest agent to advancing God's work in your life. Prayer is powerful. It's something to be reckoned with. And it's essential to your life you know, realize it's, it's essential to your life. Let's not just have, like I said earlier, let's not just have a, a certain prayer time. That's awesome. I'm all for a certain prayer time. But let's live a lifestyle of prayer. Not just we pray at this time and this time every day, and it's a religious thing. But we live a lifestyle of prayer, praying all the time, praying about everything. Why? Because God's a real person and I have a relationship with him. And guess what? He can be your best friend more than your friends, more than your husband or wife, more than anybody in your life, more than your parents. God can be your best friend and you can talk to him all day. Whether your friends want to talk to you or not, whether your parents want to talk to you or not, God is always ready to listen to you. He's always ready to answer and he wants to talk to you more than you want to talk to him if you realize that. He wants to spend time with you more than you want to spend time with Him. He's just waiting for somebody to come in His presence. You know, just like when I go over to my mom and dad's house, they act like they just went to Disney World. They think it's the most amazing thing in the world. Why? Because I'm their son, and they just love spending time with me. And guess what? They love me coming over so much. That's the same thing with our Father God. He loves us spending time with Him. And He, he can't wait for us to come spend time with Him and be in His presence. He's just waiting for that to happen. And he has that same response. Every time we come into his presence, he's excited. He's joyful. He's not mad at you. He just wants to spend time with you. Why? Because you're his son and daughter. You know, a lot of us have this idea. If we haven't prayed for a couple days, we feel like when we get in God's presence, that God's mad at us or something. And that affects our prayer life. Why? Because, you know, some of us in here, if we didn't talk to so, uh, somebody for like a week You know what they would do? They'd be like, oh, you ain't talking to me now. You didn't talk to me for the past week. You can't act like you're my friend this past week. God doesn't act like people do. See, people are are fickle like that. And people are rude sometimes. And and they blow you off. They're like, you ain't got time to talk to me a week. God does not respond like that. If you haven't talked to God in a couple days, he doesn't say when you come up to him and and start praying, he doesn't say, oh, you want to talk to me now? Oh, you think I actually want to listen when you haven't talked to me for two days? God doesn't respond like that. I think a lot of us feel like that. And that's why you don't pray because you feel like when you get in God's presence, you just say, oh, what do you want from me now? You can't talk to me for the past week, but you want to talk now? No, his response is, man, I'm excited that you're here. I'm pumped. I missed you. I love you. I can't wait for you to be in my presence. Are you guys getting anything tonight? This is, this is the last quote I got from Ian e. Bounds. He, he's amazing. He said, here's four things to keep in mind when you pray. God hears prayer. God heeds prayer. God delivers by prayer. And God answers prayer. I'm going to repeat that. God hears prayer. And God heeds prayer. God delivers by prayer. And God answers prayer. God answers prayer. So we need to realize that God is excited when you want to talk to him. He wants you to talk to him and he's excited and he wants to answer your prayers and he hears you when you pray, whether you feel like he heard you or not, he hears you. God is not deaf. He hears everyone. You know, we can all pray at the same time and God still hears us. God hears your prayer and God's ready to answer your prayers and he loves you and he wants to spend time with you. Like I said, he wants to spend time with you more than you want to spend time with him.